Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to continue my focus on the Old Testament uh, reading because we have a marvelous one uh, today from the 58th chapter of the prophet Isaiah. It's our first reading for this weekend. This final part of Isaiah, the scholars tell us, was written after the return of the captives from Babylon, when Israel was once again trying to find its way. And so we find in these last chapters some very practical spiritual advice. The prophet commences with the consistent and bracing moral teaching of Israel. Listen. Thus says the Lord, Share your bread with the hungry. Shelter the oppressed and the homeless. Clothe the naked when you see them. You know what I love about this? There's no room here for gassy abstractions about you know, the poor or social justice. Again, I'm not making fun of that in itself, but I think we can so easily kind of hide under the shelter of those abstractions. What we find here instead are very concrete disturbingly concrete, demands, things that must be done, not just attitudes that should be assumed. You know, it's, it's that hungry person right now whom you see, what are you doing for him or her? That homeless person right now, what are you doing? How wonderful, by the way, that these ancient prescriptions from Isaiah should find their way after many centuries into the list of the church's corporal works of mercy. Remember? Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, visit the imprisoned, etc. Well, the roots of this are way back here in the prophet Isaiah. Notice, please, in the corporal works of mercy, the church is not saying simply, you know, support government programs that do these things. But rather, you do them. Dorothy Day's line comes to mind here. I've, I know I've shared it with you often. She said, everything a baptized person does every day should be directly or indirectly related to the corporal or spiritual works of mercy. And boy, I, I've just seen that for years. It's a tremendous way to examine my conscience, a tremendous way to um, analyze my day. Is it true that everything I did today was directly or indirectly related to one of these works of mercy? It doesn't allow me to sort of wriggle off the hook of the demand of, of the gospel. So what are we doing to incorporate these works? As I say, it's a great way to examine your conscience. At the end of the day, if you want to do that Ignatian you know, consciousness examine, that's a good way to do it. Now, if we continue our examination of Isaiah, we find that the performance of these concrete acts 
produces all sorts of interesting consequences. Here's the first one. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn. Now remember, I've been saying the last couple of weeks especially, the vocation of Israel, and by extension the new Israel of the church, is to be a light to the nations so that the world might see through them the purposes of God and thereby be attracted to the Lord. Our commitment to the poor, and I mean our concrete, not just attitudinal, I mean things that we do, might be the best evangelical work we do. Now, mind you, I say this as someone who does you know, evangelization work kind of for a living, and most of it's done through the Word, and that's, believe me, I, I think it's super important. But maybe the most important evangelical work we do is our care for the poor. Your light will break forth like the dawn. Remember that the wonderful line, of course, penned by Tertullian, see how these Christians love one another. His point was, that's how the pagans were first brought to the church. Oh, the fathers, of course, engaged in, in apologetics and polemics and theology and all that, you know, wonderfully so. But maybe it was, above all, the way they loved each other that attracted people to them. You know, I've always thought maybe the operative uh, line in Tertullian's uh, statement is, see, see how these Christians love one another. You can't see attitudes or convictions, but you can indeed see actions. And of course, this Isaiah insight, this is why the church juxtaposes this reading to the gospel, is echoed in this marvelous passage you know, today from the Sermon on the Mount. You are the light of the world, Jesus tells his followers. Your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. I mean, our moral lives are not so much about us. They're for the sake of the world. The missionary quality of what we do. Okay, let's return to Isaiah as he continues to explore other implications of walking this path of the Lord. Listen to him. And your wound shall quickly be healed. Now, I doubt he's talking about a physical wound, but rather of of moral and psychological and spiritual woundedness. Sometimes, and and I've used this, friends, in my work as a a, counselor for many years, Sometimes the very best thing we can do when we're feeling depressed or lost or confused or spiritually adrift is to engage in concrete acts of love. Again, I'm not I'm not bad mouthing for a minute, you know, introspection and and counseling and all those good things. I mean, that's yes, we can and should do those things when we're depressed or lost, but maybe the best thing we can do is love, not an abstraction. It means caring for that homeless person, for that hungry person, for that um, person in need, right? We might be looking for a, a grand solution to our spiritual problem or some psychological program that will definitively address our interior struggles. 
But maybe what we should do is perform the simplest act of love. And then another one. And then another one. Until this becomes a habit. And maybe we'll find, as Isaiah suggests, that our deepest wounds will be healed as it were behind our own back. Um, I, very often, as I say, when I'm, I'm uh, counseling somebody who's really in a bad space, spiritually, psychologically, almost invariably I'll say some version of that. Try every day to perform the simplest act of love. Take one step, then take another one, then take a third step. And before you know it, you'll find yourself walking the path of love. And your wound shall be healed, Isaiah says. Okay, what else? Well, the prophet continues. Your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Well, he's using here a kind of military image. You will be led and followed by the protection of the Lord. Now, mind you, this doesn't mean, you know, if you're a person of love, then, I mean, you'll never be attacked, you'll never be hurt. I don't mean to imply that at all. But I think it does mean that getting in touch with God and staying in touch with him, listen now, will cause you to live in a place of ultimate safety where no one and nothing ultimately can harm you. Let me say that again. That If you get concretely in touch with God, that's what it means to walk the path of love because God is love, right? Ubi caritas, where there's love, then God, God uh, is. If I live in that space, then I'm identifying myself with the eternal power of God, and, and no one in that place can touch me, even if I'm under the worst kind of assault at the relatively superficial level of my life. Think here of Teresa of Avila's great uh, image of the interior castle. What's she talking about? But finding that place in you where Christ dwells, and that amounts to a castle. That means a keep. It means a place of safety and power, even when you're enduring the worst kind of suffering. See, in that way, your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. You'll find a place of safety, even in the midst of a dangerous world. Well, Isaiah's got more to say about the implications of walking the path of love. Listen. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. Now, again, I know I'm kind of walking on some dangerous ground here, for there clearly is no magic formula for getting God to respond to our prayers. You know, um, sometimes we pray... Uh, in an off-kilter way. Sometimes we don't know what to ask for. We don't know what's really good for us. Sometimes it's just a mystery. We don't know why God refuses a prayer. But might I make a suggestion regarding the prophet's meaning here? The more you become a person of love, the more clearly you will know what is in accord with God's will 
And thus you will know more and more what to ask for. Right? You're, you're saying, my life's all about love. I'm walking the path of love. Well, then you'll kind of know, I should ask for the things that increase love in me. And listen, God will never refuse that. How did Jesus put that? That God will never refuse a request for the Holy Spirit. Remember, knock it will be open to you and seek and you'll find. And the conclusion of that is, is he'll never refuse a request for the Holy Spirit. Well, who's the Holy Spirit? The love between the Father and the Son. See, God never refuses us when we ask for love. The more you walk the path of love, the more you're conformed to love, the better you will know what to ask for. And therefore, I think this is right. You shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. Just one more implication. The prophet Isaiah says, if you bestow bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise for you in the darkness and the gloom shall become for you like midday. I remember this years ago, I heard this fitness expert, and he said that physical exercise is the closest thing we have to a panacea. <laughs> he meant, you know, something that benefits every system in your body. Like if someone said, here's this pill, it'll make every system in your body healthier. We said, well, exercise is like that. And he went through how, you know, your muscular system and your bones and your nerves and your mind and everything else— it's benefited by exercise. Well, I would say, everybody, the closest thing we have to a spiritual panacea is love, for love is what God is. What will light up darkness in your life at every level, psychologically, spiritually, relationally? Love. Love. <laughs> and, and you'll find, listen to him again, Light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. Love, concretely address the needs of others. And I think you'll find it's a kind of panacea, light in the gloom. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.